You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. We're going to be going into two weeks of prayer. My, my hope is that we'll all be putting on those glasses, those kingdom glasses, to be able to see what Jesus is doing in the world a little bit better together. Why are we talking about prayer right now? Well, so much is outside of our control currently in this time, in this cultural moment. As we're getting back into a rhythm and equilibrium for the fall, many of us feel so many tensions, cultural convulsions, a lack of clarity, perhaps, making our decisions for life. And it's just kind of a difficult time. And many of us might feel the existential dread around the midterm elections coming this fall, you know, more political tensions in family and public spaces. One thing we do have control over is our prayer life. My hope is that right now, our prayer lives would grow stronger than ever before, that we would allow Jesus to teach us how to pray so that we can stay focused on what really matters and do what matters most. The next two weeks of prayer is an opportunity for us to reset our focus, grow closer to God and each other through prayer, and just see the world differently. And remember, prayer isn't like just talking at God, it's talking with God. Jesus said to his followers who wanted to learn to pray like he did, he said this, so pray this way. The context for that, to pray this way, Um, is actually kind of contrasting a bit of teaching he was doing before uh, verse 9 of chapter 6. Jesus was trying to say, don't babble and pray for show. Don't try to look like super righteous in front of other people and pray for others. Pray to and for the Lord. But also don't live a prayerless life. Like don't be loud and babble and, you know, for show. But also don't live a prayerless life either which can amount to kind of a Christian form of atheism where you say there's a loving God, but you don't actually live like there is. Jesus said this, so pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven by our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. The more I study Matthew's theological convictions, and this is written by Matthew, and he's giving his convictions and his understanding of what happened uh, in the life of Jesus. The more I study Matthew's theological convictions, the more I've been learning that Matthew's focus is on Um, a vision for God's kingdom and our calling within that kingdom. And as I read the Lord's Prayer specifically, um, kind of within uh, the context of Matthew's um, understanding of the gospel, understanding of Jesus, I've been learning that Jesus is likely organizing his prayer into two sections. One section of the Lord's Prayer is focused on the results of God's purpose in our life. And the second section is focused on the requirements to accomplish our calling and purpose. Another way of saying that could be um, the first section is focused on God's vision. The second section is focused on the means to accomplish that vision. 
And this is the prayer that, that Jesus gives his followers. So here's the, here's the quick breakdown. Here's the Lord's uh, prayer broken into two sections. Um, verses 9 through 10 is the fruit or the result of being a disciple of Jesus. This is the vision. Um, and this has three kind of results. God's character is known and honored. His kingdom has come for everyone. And God's desires are done on earth as it is in heaven. This is like the vision that, that, we're, that we're working toward as disciples of Jesus. The second section, um, verses uh, 11 through 13, really focus on like how we accomplish this. And um, we're going to actually work through the Lord's Prayer backwards as a, maybe a different way of, of praying through it, a unique way of praying through it. But my hope is that over these next two weeks, this, this second section we're going to teach today um, is all about how to accomplish, how to ask God to help us live into our calling. And uh, so by reading it in reverse, it's going to be a little unique, but I think it's a really cool buildup and a cool way to pray through the Lord's Prayer. So reading, reading it the normal way, reading it forward helps you see the vision and then the means, but reading it backwards helps you start with like you and where you're at and how God can help you um, move toward the kingdom vision that God has for you. I want to give us an image that might help guide us as we kind of read backwards through the Lord's Prayer as we pray that. And the specific thing is uh, Christmas lights. Um, if you look at homes that decorate, like the, I'm thinking of like the big, you know, multicolored Christmas lights. And I love that image because I think it's kind of an image that, that Jesus has for us. And you read in the book of Matthew that we're supposed to be like a, a light to the world. Um, but Christmas lights have all kinds of different colors and different, you know, many of them will have like a dimmer light or a little bit brighter. You know, I don't know if that's just because of age uh, or weathering, but there's a specific light and color for each one. Each light may have flaws or like a little bit of grime and dirt that dim or distort the light, uh, or maybe a little bit of disconnection that causes it to flicker. Um, and although we are in perfect lights. Every human being is born with a specific calling, a personal purpose written like a coat into our bones and our blood and our life. That you and I as humans, every human born has the image of God that is in us. And uh, I think of it like that, like that we're designed to shine our light. We all shine our light a little bit differently. It might be a little bit different color. Um, it might have a little different uh, tone to it. And that's all of us, we have different callings, different personalities. But the, the reality is that we're, we're all, like all of us are originating from the giver of life. That's God. And none of us can shine on our own. And we're designed to shine our unique love and purpose into our world. And that happens when we're connected to Christ. Now, Jesus' life and ministry shone so brightly and powerfully. The disciples asked him at one point to teach them how to pray. And he kind of took him through what's known as the Lord's Prayer. But it wasn't because his prayer practice was so great or, you know, he, his words and the way he said things was so amazing. Um, the, the kind of the feel you get in Matthew is they were, they were interested. People are interested in how Jesus prayed because they saw the power and clarity of his ministry, of his calling. His prayer life was this... Um, foundation for how he lived and the power that kind of came out of him and the love that flowed through him. Prayer was an essential conduit that brought power, clarity, and light to his life. 
in Matthew, there's this there's this teaching that Jesus has that, that basically said, you know, shine your light before all men so that others will praise our Heavenly Father. Not so that we get glory, not so that people look at us and say, like, wow, how amazing is that person? But there's this sense that, like, wow, what's the love that's flowing from this person has to be connected to something greater, something more. There's an overflow of love. And so as we pray through the um, Lord's Prayer, I, my hope is that that sense of overflowing love and light would really shine through us. Starting with verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love that that that, that uh, the two verbs there, like lead and deliver. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us. You know, the, the word for me that comes to mind is freedom. That, that verse is about freedom. Um, and I think it's freedom from temptation, right? Freedom from uh, from temptation, uh, this desire that might divide our allegiance or lead us down a path that's that may, might be contrary to what God wants for us. Um, think through, think about this verse thirteen from the perspective of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, where Satan was tempting Jesus to do something other than God's will, and uh, this would have kind of been Jesus taking the easy route. Uh, rather than taking the way of the cross, it would have been gaining power and prestige um, by kind of his allegiance to doing what Satan was asking him to do. Um, it would have been like uh, uh, Jesus teaching on the two having two masters. And in fact, here's the verse in, in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll, you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You could say that about almost anything. You can't serve God and, and money. You can't serve God and uh, power. You can't serve God and whatever addictive thing is like calling to you. And so this, this prayer, if you start off kind of backwards in verse 13, it's, it's asking God for freedom from the distractions and deceptions that would kind of pull you out of your calling, your purpose that God has designed you for. And this is, again, freedom from temptation of doing not only bad things, but the emphasis seems to be here more on doing anything that's distracting you from God's calling. It might even be good things. It might even be something that it's good, but it's not like now. Like that's for another time. Of course, doing obvious evil is part of a temptation, but sometimes it could be things that might not be so bad. They're just not exactly what God's wanting you to do. Um so the point of this passage isn't sin management. It's not like uh, you're just trying to like learn how to manage your sin and Lord, you know, keep me from doing evil things all the time. Um, I think we're missing that point a little bit, if that's what we think it is. This is more about um, the difference between focusing on sin management and living out a personal calling is understanding like freedom from and freedom for. Like we are freed from evil, we're freed from sin, we're freed from like those the brokenness in the world, but we're also freed for something. And if we're only focused on what we're freed from, we might not do what we're freed for, living a life of goodness and beauty in the world in following Christ. Again, I go back to the Christmas light illustration. Um, think about all these lights plugged into this, their source of power. If, if we start plugging into an alternate source of power and we, we give into a temptation um, to go another route, we're not going to be able to shine brightly. Like our electric power is, we're plugged into the wrong thing. And so our light, our clarity, our color isn't going to be lit up um, like when we're plugged into to God's power. 
Let's continue moving backwards through the prayer and go to verse 12. It says, and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And I think this passage is pretty obvious. This is about forgiveness. And this is like an awareness and a release of our own internal sin, the removing of the log in our eye or even the speck in our eye. It's uh, learning to see ourselves as we truly are, um, not making excuses, and being able to give and receive forgiveness so that we can receive what Matthew emphasizes in, in, in his book, a pure heart or a good eye to see God and, and be aware of his presence. This almost has the, um, the feel of like a, a forgiveness in the sense of cleansing. So you can kind of fulfill a, a, the duty of what priests used to do like that. They were called to kind of be a, a channel of God's love to the world. And, and priests had to, to have like a, a ritual cleansing. And this has a bit of that feel um, in the prayer um, so that we can fulfill like our ability to be God's uh, channels of goodness, love, and holiness to the world. And by receiving forgiveness, it, it, it kind of it purifies us, it cleanses our heart um, so we can see clear who we are and who, what the world is and what our, what our role is, what our job is in the world, our purpose. Think of it like kind of cleansing like a mirror so you can shine bright and and we're supposed to be kind of like these angled or slanted mirrors that that shine God's love to the world and the world's love back to God. And the the cleaner cleaner and clearer we are, it's like the clearer people can see, wow, like that's what they're doing is amazing. That's love. But that's that doesn't originate with us. That originates from God's love. We're receiving from him and giving that to the world. I think that's a beautiful picture. And forgiveness helps us live clean. And again, back to the Christmas lights. Um, if the lights are grimy and dirty, you got to clean the light. A buildup of grime and dirt over the years can really dim the lights, um, both within and outside. So the light requires cleansing to shine bright for, and to be healthier be, and to last longer. It's amazing how much grime, carbon, scorches, and dust and dirt come off a light if you've ever cleaned one like um, that's been out for a year or two. And as our light shines in the world, we accumulate some, some dirt. We accumulate some of the grime that diminishes our light and love. As we seek forgiveness from God, as we forgive others, it cleanses us, enables us to forgive others uh, at greater levels, which leads to greater light and love in the world. So the question I have for you is, where do you maybe need forgiveness in your life right now? And who might you need to, to forgive? Here's the last part of our prayer today, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. And the, and the, the word filling for me is, you know, this idea of daily bread. It's like the essential needs being met in our life. It's God's empowering grace on a day-by-day basis. And the, what needs do we have as humans? These, this is so that we can accomplish the calling that God has given us. And God's not going to call us to something that he doesn't give us the means to do. So this might be asking for God's um, grace to, to fill the gap, the filling for our uh, lack of ability, uh, a lack of, of tools, a lack of knowledge, a lack of vision, and God's grace coming in and filling that, like giving us the ability, giving us the vision, the knowledge, the tools 
That's his grace. And so often in my life, I'm like focused on all the things I want and wish I had. But in this verse and in this part of the prayer, it teaches us to focus on the bread God has given and wants to give to us, not the bread that we wish we had. Like the stuff that God wants to give you, the ability, the knowledge, the vision, the friendships, the relationships, the grace that will get you to do what God has called you to do, his, his grace, his um, provision is enough. And can we focus on that on rather than on what we wish we had or you know, kind of ha- getting a little bit in that discontented um, phase of our life? We can stay content, we can stay focused, and we can do what God has called us to do. So let me ask you this question. What essential bread do you need to accomplish God's purpose in your life right now? Guys, I love you so much. Come back next week as we kind of get into the next section, the the kingdom vision God has for us um, and how to pray and ache for that together. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.